Hey, join me if you would in the book of Acts this morning and the first chapter, Acts chapter number one. I'm trying to do the best I can not to cough and sneeze and all that. I don't think I'm contagious, although I like to be contagious in some ways, right? I, I love to have, you know, just an excitement and a passion that is contagious, wouldn't you? Right? Where you get around people and all of a sudden, man, they're their flame is just kind of buoyed a little bit. And, but I, I, you know, I don't think I'm contagious as far as making you sick, but you're far enough from me, right? At least Dave, maybe you and TJ ought to be careful, you know, but I've been suffering with this sinus stuff. How about you? How many have been suffering with something? How many don't even know what you're suffering with? But you'd say for certainly, I'm suffering. I'm suffering. <laughs> Amen. Acts chapter number one. Look at the screen with me, if you would. Excuse me. Look at the screen, if you would. Look at the screen, if you would. Go ahead and flip it. (laughs) They hide behind. I can't see them. They hide back there. They don't look at me. Look at that word, focus. Focus. Right? Focus. I'm not sure about you, but I've heard that most of my life. Huh? How about you? Right? It It comes in different forms. Right? So throughout my life, I have been encouraged, since I've been young, now that I'm old, to just get focused. <laughs> you, ever, you, ever, you ever been encouraged? Get focused. Or maybe, maybe in this form, stay focused. Stay focused. And why is that? I mean, why? I'll tell you why it is, because focus is it's important. Right? It's important to be focused. And I think this, I think that <laughs> that's for every every level of life. You know, um, I think this, I think when I was, uh, when I was a young, young fella uh, in school, it was important for me as a student to stay focused. I was easily distracted as a student. Uh, and it didn't take much. I mean, I remember reading my textbooks and all of a sudden I would see footballs and <laughs> basketballs and hockey sticks and, you know, uh, pay attention right here, little girls running by. <laughs> you know, and I would have to just constantly just get focused, you know, and, and I think this as parents, you know, parents need to be focused today, right? Our children need our leadership and we, we've got to stay focused, you know, if you're a business owner, you're, you're encouraged to, uh, you know, be focused athletes, right? I hope the Eagles are focused tomorrow night. How about you? <laughs> yeah, some Eagle, Eagle haters are you know, I hope the Eagles are focused. And, you know, I think this, I think as Christians, we need to be focused. Don't you agree? I really do. I believe we need to be focused as Christians, especially today in the day and age that we're living, 2024, you know, and, and the last I checked, you know, we're not going backward in this calendar, right? We just keep advancing. And as we advance in time, so does everything with it. And I think it's, it's really important for us to stay focused. Uh, this past year, I was sitting right over, right over here uh, where you're sitting, Marty, my wife and I, and we were, we were attending our mission conference right here at Open Bible. And uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the, the keynote speaker was challenging us as a church to focus on reaching the world with the gospel of Christ. You know? And we should. 
right? I mean, that's, that's the mission that Jesus left us with, right? He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. But as I sat there, I promise you this is the fact, as I sat there and listened to him uh, night after night, message after message, it just kept, the Lord just kept, pay attention to this, the Lord kept burdening my heart for our hometown. And I don't know why that is. I mean, most of our mission conferences, uh, I've been in a couple of them here now, and I've been pastoring for a few years, and so most of them, we, we kind of focus attention toward reaching the world. You know, and we always talk about foreign missions, you know, reaching the uttermost places, you know, places where, you know, maybe, you know, the 1040 window where they don't have a Bible and they don't have a language and they need a witness, 6,000 people groups without Christ. And so, man, we get all, we get all stirred up. And we, since I've been here, we have nominated and we've taken on for support um, men that are going to foreign fields. And as I sat there, the Lord burdened my heart about, how about your hometown? How about right here? And I, I remember I took out, I, we had a little handout. I took out that handout, and I wrote down on that handout, hometown missions. Hometown missions. Hometown missions. And it just kept on praying in my mind. And right after the missions conference was over, I think we ended on Sunday, maybe Monday or Tuesday, I met with Brother Tyler, and I said, hey, I have the theme for our missions month next year. And he said, what is it? I said, hometown missions. Next year, we're going to concentrate next September. We always have September. I said, next year, we're going to concentrate all our efforts on hometown missions. We're going to help those that are right here in our Jerusalem and our Judea. Right? I mean, there's, there's churches, there's areas, there's inner cities, there's towns in America that need Jesus. And I think sometimes because we're looking uh, at the world, we forget about our hometown. Are you with me? And so I was challenged by that. And as the year went on, and as the year went on, I began to pray in the summertime. Uh, this past summer, June, July, August, I knew that I had to come up with a, an approach for 2024. And the Lord laid upon my heart the, the theme, hometown focus hometown focus. And, and the reason I, I chose that is because of this statement. Listen to this statement. In fact, put it up on the screen, guys. Where, where you focus your attention. No, go back, guys. Where you focus. Go back, guys. Where, isn't it in there? No? Oh, stink. And I sent the wrong ones up. All right, make pretend it's in there. Listen to this statement. It's not me, it's the stupid stuff. It's, it's, it's what it is. Listen to the statement. Where you focus your attention is where you place your energy. Now, I'm going to say that again. I wish I was, was up here so you could take a picture of it and write it down. But think about that. Write it down. Where you focus your attention is where you place your energy. Isn't that, isn't that true in life? Where you focus your attention is where you place your energy. Think about that. Un uh, unpack that for a moment. Right? There are some folks, pay attention now, there are some folks that get overwhelmed in an area. I remember this. One time we had a, we had a friend. I still has, had a friend. He's still my friend. Uh, but he was pastoring. He was a missionary on the foreign field. And things weren't going real well for him on the foreign field in that area. And the Lord impressed upon his heart to become a missionary to the Jehovah Witnesses. And he began to study 
and really put, pour himself into it. And every time, Bob, every time I would meet with him, talk with him, or have him in for a meeting, his whole focus was Jehovah Witnesses. Every verse in the Bible. I mean, if it was Genesis 1 or Revelation chapter number 1, it didn't make a difference. He saw it as being written for the Jehovah Witnesses. And so I think this, he would pass by 35 lost people just to get to that one Jehovah Witness. And I said that to say this, where we place our focus is where we spend most of our energy. Isn't that right? And so this year what I want to do with this, this theme is, is kind of have a hometown focus and spend a lot of our energy on the hometown. Look at, look at the Bible. Look at Acts chapter number 1. Just one verse. We're going to read a little bit in just a minute. But look at verse 1. I'm trying to establish the theme. Jesus said this to his disciples, to his team. But you shall receive power. Now, this is a response to a question. And I'll show you that in just a moment. But he said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Now, notice these words, both in, where does he begin? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Or in other words, in other words, Jesus places emphasis to begin at home. <coughs> at home. Hometown. Are you with me? He said, begin. He said, you need to be witnesses to me, both in, and he begins where? In Jerusalem. And Jerusalem for the uh, disciples was their hometown. You know, that's where they were mostly from, or that's where they were ministering at that time uh, in their lives. And so, listen to this statement. I want Open Bible to place an emphasis of ministry this year upon our hometown. Did you get that? And we're only two weeks into the year. I can't believe already two weeks have gone by. (laughs) But I want us to place emphasis this year on our hometown. And you know this, when you speak about your hometown, right? What are we speaking about? Your hometown. Well, you're, you're probably referring uh, or drawing your attention to your roots, right? It's where you're from, where you were born, or where you were raised. And many of us, when we think about that, it conjures up fond memories, or it has a tone of fondness, right? I was driving over, I was born, I was born um, a couple of years ago <laughs> in South Philly. You would have never, you can't tell by my accent, right? If you talk to Mrs. Gen- if you talk to Mrs. Genizzi or have coffee with her, you'll know where she's from. Some people think she's from New York, you know, but she's from Philly. And I was born in South Philly. Uh, Friday, just this past weekend, I was driving over the Walt Whitman Bridge, and I was thinking about this message, and I actually, listen to this, I actually passed right by the, the street that I was born on. And, and I saw the Little League baseball field, Tyler, that I used to play baseball on. Huh? And I mean to tell you, just memories after memories. So here's my hometown. You know, when God called me uh, from uh, Paradise, Florida, back up here to where the heathen led, where, uh, New Jersey, I came back to my hometown, back to my roots. And I'll be honest with you, I love driving over to Philly and having a, a corned beef sandwich at Famous Deli at 4th and Bainbridge. You ever been there? 
Never been there? Where have you people lived all your life? Or you get a good cheesesteak at Gooey Louie's? You ever been to Gooey Louie's? That's what happens when you're from New Jersey. You have no clue where to get good food. You thought I was going to say Geno's or Pat's, right? Hmm? You got your favorite cheesesteak place, Donkey's? Ah, Tony Luke's? Tony Luke's is good for chicken Italian with the broccoli rub and the provolone, right? I know my food. However, there's a fondness when you think about your, your hometown. Oh, don't you agree? Uh, for most of us, anyway. Well, I believe this. I believe as Christians, uh, we need to be reminded of our root mission. Huh? Our root mission. And, and, and I think this, I, I think that's what, that's what Jesus is doing here in this text of Scripture. So I want to unpack for us this morning and then tonight and then for just a few weeks. I promise you I will not drag this out to where it becomes boring. But over the next several weeks, I want to unpack this theme, hometown focus. Hometown focus and, and, and what it's all about. See, I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at hometown as being, and if you can see it, I'm not sure if you can, but I'm looking at hometown being our family. My family. This year, look here, this year I want us to place our attention, our focus upon our families. And you'll see in my vision tonight, or in the Lord's vision for our church as I share it tonight, some of the emphasis we're going to place upon our families this year here at Open Bible. And then not, that, not just that, but our church. You see that where it says in the next branch there, church? I want us to focus some attention on our church this year. We get sometimes so um, outreach-oriented that we forget about our home base, you know? And so I'll share some things with you tonight mm, about that. And then also our community, you know? Uh, and, and sometimes I think this. I think we get, so, uh, we get so overwhelmed, so busy with reaching, helping other families, other churches, and other communities that we forget about the home base. And so this year in 2024, even though we're going to reach the world with the gospel of Christ and we're going to reach our communities and help other churches, I want us to really focus attention on hometown. On hometown. Are you with me? Let me, let me show you just a couple of things. I, I've heard this before. I think you might agree. I was reminded this week as I was studying that teaching is a transfer of knowledge. Did you get that? Where's, where, where's all the teachers at? Raise your hand if you're a teacher at any level. Raise it up. Be proud of it. You know, what, you know what teaching is, right? It's a transfer of knowledge. What you and I do as teachers is we, we research, right? We study. We come, we try to do our best to get a good understanding. And then what do we do? We, say it with me, we transfer that knowledge, right? Uh, we have a classroom filled with students. This morning I have a classroom filled with students. And so what I did this past week is I've done some research on this text of Scripture, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And what I want to do right now, if you'll allow me, is I want to transfer the information that God gave me. Would you allow me to do that? Amen. And here's the thing about a student. A student needs to be willing to receive what's being transferred. I want you to say, I want you to turn somebody right now and say, I'm willing to receive what's being transferred. Go ahead. You got that? Now, if somebody just told you that, I want you to turn back to them and say, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable. All right, let's look at this text of Scripture. Go with me. Can, can we read just for a few minutes? I promise the message is not real long, so let's read just for a couple minutes. Uh, it won't even take a couple minutes, but let's read from verse 1 down through verse 11. The former treaty 
have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. I love that. You notice how he did it before he taught it. Isn't that key? Before you can properly teach something, you need to properly understand something, and you can't properly understand something unless you're doing it, experiencing it. He says this, until the day in which he was taken up, after that through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he, now highlight this, we'll come back to this, showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of, of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, he, which saith he, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so he said, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit of God comes upon you. Verse 6. Now, notice the, if you have one of those red letter edition Bibles, it goes from red letters to black letters, right? Right? And so now Jesus is speaking. Now, now it's the disciples. When they therefore were come together, they ask him, they ask of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of, of Israel? Notice how he responds. He said unto them, It's not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But, here's how this verse fits in, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, your hometown, and Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Verse 9, when he had spoken these things, look at this, while they beheld, <laughs> look at this, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Somebody say, What? I mean, we just read that and go on to the next verse, but think about it for a second. Huh? I mean, just think about it. Look here. Look here for a second. Pastor Genezzi, man, he's up here, and he's teaching, and, he's ha and all of a sudden, you know, bam, I'm gone. And so Tyler says, okay, services are over. You can go home now. <laughs> Would it happen that way? No. You'd certainly be wondering, where'd that dude go? And if he was raptured, what about me? <laughs> right? Huh? Wouldn't that be crazy? Where'd Pat? He got raptured. What about us? Uh, I'll go and put a good word in for you. How's that? <laughs> and so, as, as, I mean, as all this is going on, a cloud appears and he's received up out of their sight. Look at verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by in white apparel. Here's God's messengers. And they began to speak to the disciples, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? I love, I love these words. This same Jesus. Say that with me. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye see him go into heaven. Woo! Let's say it together. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his powerful word. Holy word. There's a couple of things I, I want you to see here in this text, and I'll try not to labor this as I'm trying to build the foundation for the next couple of weeks. I want you to notice that first, Jesus reveals his presence, his presence. In verse 3, look, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. He showed himself to them. You know, while on earth, Jesus developed... A de he, he developed a, 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 an intimate relationship with his disciples. You're aware of that, right? Huh? Uh, 
don't lose focus of that. Let, let, me, let me put it this way. Listen to these words. Pay attention to this. Jesus got close to them and allowed them to get close to him. Did you hear me? Huh? Talk about our theme for 2024 and, and our direction for 2024, you know, and our directive for 2024. And if it's nothing more than to get closer to him, we win. We win. I win. Huh? It's important to get close to the Lord. I heard this said a long time ago, and I've never forgotten it. And I'll put it this way. I am today as close to the Lord as I choose to be. Amen. Did you hear that? I am today. Say this with me. Say it with me nice and loud. I am today as close to the Lord as I choose to be. The question then is this, how close am I to the Lord today? He doesn't choose closeness. We choose closeness. I choose how close I am to the Lord. And I think this, I think when you look at these disciples, think about this for a second, just with this one verse. The disciples had God's word. The disciples had rich experiences. I mean, they walk with him, talk with him ministered with him, served with him. They witnessed him. So they had his word. They had rich experiences. They saw his resurrected body. I mean, look, 40 days, man, he's out and about and appearing and hello. And yet he's still, the Lord is still provoking them to get close. Why? Because the Christian life is best lived in close proximity to Christ. The closer you and I are, the better it's going to be. And so the question is, how close am I? Are you with me this morning? So look back, we just spent a year, 2023. Now I want you to answer, this is between you and God and me and God, but... As you look back over the year, and I, I trust maybe you have, how close were you last year to the Lord? Could, could you have been close? We can all say, sure, could have been closer. But how close was I? And what about this upcoming year? Am I going to try and do my best to get closer? You said, preacher, how can I do that? I knew you were going to ask that question, Donald. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. So let me give you a couple tips on how to get close. You ready? Three words. The first is time. 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 Let me ask you a question. Do you have scheduled any God time in your schedule? Come on, you've heard this before, being around churches like this. But isn't it true, if you don't carve out some time, if you don't schedule some God time, it gets away from you. Look up here for a second. I, I, I'll harp on this until I'm finished if you don't get it. But ask yourself this question right now. Look into the mirror of your mind and ask yourself this question. How much time do I personally spend with God on a regular basis? I'm, a, I'm an advocate for every day. Having scheduled, and, and just schedule it. And look here, I know you're thinking, well, I don't have an hour. Who needs it? You, you don't have to start with an hour. You may get to an hour, but how about start with five minutes? You mean to tell me out of 
24 hours, you can't give God five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Just schedule some God time. And if you, if, here's the thing. If you just wake up and, 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 you, know, and you just say, well, I'll get to it, it's not, you're not going to get to it. You won't get to it. You won't get to it. I remember this, uh, Jason, uh, Papa, when, when we had the youth group back in, at Valley, uh, you know, we used to challenge, right? Then we used to challenge our teenagers to spend 30 minutes a day for 30 days with God. It'll change your life. Now, I don't mean just 30 minutes and thinking about school, thinking about girls or boys or sports. Now, I mean 30 minutes with God, reading the Bible, having some prayer. 30 minutes a day for 30 days, I'm telling you, will make a difference in your life. Yeah, it really will. So how can I get closer? Uh, time. You've got to carve out some time. You've got to schedule some time in your schedule. And I know, I look here, I know I'm a pastor. I know I get to do this for a living. I mean, every day of my life, I have the freedom of making my own schedule. But I wasn't always a pastor. You know what I was before? You got a minute? You know what I was before I went into the ministry, right? Well, actually, I was in the ministry, but had to get a part-time job. I was an auto mechanic, went into the ministry, but then the ministry had some financial problems. I had to get a part-time job, and I went to work for Terminex International. That's back in the day when our theme was, we are the baddest bugs in town. We had the green suits and the green hats and the green trucks and all that kind of fun stuff. And I used to have to be, pay attention to this, I used to have to be in Center City, Philadelphia, Society Hill, most mornings at 6 o'clock, which meant I lived out, I didn't live in South Philly or Society Hill. I had to get up a little bit early and drive there. And so, Steve, I didn't get up that early so I can read and pray and walk with God. But you know what I did? I knew this. My first, my first two jobs were at 6 o'clock and 6.30, my houses I had to visit. But after that, I had an hour off. So guess what that hour was? It was Wawa God time. There was a Wawa right at 2nd and South, because I was in Society Hill. I pull into Wawa, get my coffee, drive right over to Penn's Landing, open up my Bible in my Terminex truck, and have God time. You've got to have some God time. If you're going to get close, you've got to have God time. Are you with me, church? So how do you get close, Pat? Time and then fellowship. In that God time, have some fellowship with him. The Bible, read the Bible, have some prayer. And by the way, look here, you're reading the Bible. You don't read the whole Bible by sitting there. No, just pick, pick a chapter, pick a section, pick a couple verses. Say, God, speak to me today from this passage of Scripture. Give me something. He wants to. And then pray. Pray. And by the way, can I say something about praying? Look here, it's okay for you to pray to God about what you care about because God cares about what you care about. Huh? I'm having a hard time at school. I'm having a hard time at work. I'm having a hard time at home. I'm having a hard time at church. I have a hard time when I look in the mirror. That's usually your biggest problem, the other person staring at you, right? Huh? Spend some time with God. And have some fellowship with them. And can, can I suggest a third word? Now, don't, 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 don't fault me for this and don't get upset. I don't mean to upset your day. Service. Get involved in some kind of service. 
You'd be surprised how when you serve God, he's right there. Remember when he said this, going to all the world, preach the gospel of every creature, and lo, I am with you always? When you're doing his business, he's right there with you. And you're getting closer to him. And when you put your concentration on somebody else, you know what happens, Kelly? You forget all about your own problems. Huh? And so Jesus, in this text of Scripture, in speaking to his disciples, the very first thing he does is begins to reveal to him his presence. And then, secondly, he reveals to him his priorities. His priorities. Look at your Bibles again. Look what happens in verse number 6. When they, therefore, were come together, they asked him. So here's the disciples, you know, and their humanity begins to, to show. What are they doing? They're asking questions. Don't you like to ask questions? Sometimes we don't ask the right people, but we all ask questions, right? Questions is a, I mean, asking a question is a great forum for learning, you know? So they're asking a question, and here's what they say. Look here, now they see Jesus. He's in his resurrected body, and they're thinking to themselves, now pay attention here. He's crucified, buried, he's risen again. Man, it, it must be on. It's on. Why? Jesus Christ, now the Messiah, he's, he's, he's going to take over. And so look what, look what they ask him. Lord, uh, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? I mean, this is, is this when you get on your white charger and begin to take over, put those Pharisees in their place? Huh? Is this when you go and deal with some of the kings of... Are you with me? How many of us would have thought the same? Huh? Man, Lord, you're looking good. Is this it? We ready to go? Huh? Can I get a horse? Can I get a sword? Huh? What's he say to them? It's not for you to know the times. And here's what he's saying. Fellas, you're focusing in on the wrong thing. You're not paying attention to me right now. I see some of you wandering away. You're all over the place. You're just not paying attention. He says you're focusing on the wrong things. Some of you are focusing on the wrong things right now. Huh? You're focusing on the wrong things. When's this going to end? When's the suffering going to stop? When's my ship going to come in? Huh? Focusing on the wrong things. Here's what he says. Set your focus rather upon my mission. That's verse 8. See where it comes together now? See the context, how it comes together? He's talking about priorities. Jesus said, here's priority. The priority isn't for you to know when I'm going to change the world. The priority is for you to go out and be a witness. What's a witness? A witness is somebody who shares what they either heard, seen, or experienced. Right? And Jesus says in verse number eight, you need to go out and share what you've heard, what you've seen, what you've experienced. That's what he tells them to do in this text of scripture. Right? And, he, and notice this, again, a heart point again. Notice he says, and begin where? At home. Begin at home, right where you live, right? Isn't it amazing? Pay attention right here. Are you with me, church? We put our missions dollars in the offering plate so we can reach India and New Guinea and Zimbabwe and Russia and Mozambique, and yet we go right down to the mall and never give out a gospel track. Come on, church, Right? I mean to tell you, we're all excited to hear them reports on Wednesday night about our missionaries doing great things for God. And yet we never reach across the street. 
Or maybe even, our, even in our own home. You know? Jesus said what? Begin at home. Establish your focus and don't overlook your hometown. The hometown often gets neglected. Huh? It does. And then let me share with you just one final thing in this text that I see. Look down, if you would, at verse number, number 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was what? He was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, two men in white apparel stood. And they said, you know, why stand you gazing up? Why are you standing idle here? The same Jesus is coming just like he went. <laughs> huh? You know what this is all about here? This is a promise, his promise, his promise. Now get this, in verse number 9 and 10, we have a biblical record of the ascension of Jesus, right? So Jesus came to earth, he was born, he was incarnated. We celebrated that a couple weeks ago, Christmas. And then he was on earth for 40 days. After his resurrection, he spent 40 days on earth and during those 40 days, he revealed himself over and over to his team. And then he was ascended back up on high. He went back to heaven. Right? Where today he is seated at the right hand of God. Look at Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 1. Flip it. Is it there, guys? You got it. If ye then be risen with Christ, pay attention, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the what? On the right hand of God. So where's Jesus today? He's seated at the right hand of God. I know some of us say, well, he's in my heart. He's in my life. Holy Spirit of God is. Third person of the Godhead is. Because when Jesus went, he said, it's important for me to go so I can send you another comforter. One and the same. I'm, going, I'm the second person of the Godhead. I go to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father, I'm going to send you the third person of the Godhead, and he's going to take up residence inside of you. Boy, that's good teaching. So what is Jesus doing? Well, the Bible says today he's seated at the right hand of the Father where he makes intercession for us. He's praying for us. Stacy, Jesus is praying for you. He's at the right hand of God. He's standing up saying, hey, Father, I got Stacy in my hands. Marty, he's praying for you. Kelly, he's praying for you. Aren't you glad he's praying for you? Amen. That's what he's doing today. That's his, that's his current present-day ministry. Jesus is praying for us. He's seated at the right hand of the Father where he prays for us. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. However, as you look at verse number 11, we're told Jesus is coming again. He's coming back for us. This same Jesus is coming back. Isn't that wonderful? So he ascended up. He came on a mission to seek and to save the lost, died, buried, crucified, risen again. Forty days later, ascends up to heaven. Today he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And one day, I'm not sure when, I wouldn't mind if it were today. Uh, maybe after service, because I put a lot into this vision thing. He's coming back. He's coming back. Look, look at the text. Here's the, me the messenger say this. These two, two, two men in white apparel. He said, why stand you gazing up? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, so shall come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. That's what the two messengers said. But you know what? Look here, look here, look here. If you don't believe the messengers, listen to Jesus himself. Said this in John chapter number 14. Listen to these words. He said, let not your heart be troubled. 
Verse 1, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Look at verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, Jesus has promised to come again for us. What a promise. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. What a great promise. Not only has He promised to never leave us nor forsake us, He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's promised to come back for us. And just like He told Thomas, He says to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Hallelujah. I'm glad, aren't you? And so I think this, I think we need to fix our attention on Jesus this year. You know, on His presence, His priorities, His promises. It's kind of like what Colossians says. Listen to these verses. I'll read it and I'll finish. Paul said this in Colossians chapter 3. Pay close attention to this and I promise you I'm done. If ye then be risen with Christ, if ye then be risen with Christ, if you're saved, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Listen to this. Set not your affection on things above, uh, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Why? For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. In other words, he's saying this. If you're saved, then you need to set your focus on heavenly things. On heavenly. Now, it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean we become so heavenly minded we're no earthly good. Right? I mean, we still have to give our attention to life here on earth. However, my focus is on his presence. His priorities and His promise, He's coming back one day for me. Amen. Maybe morning, maybe, maybe noon, maybe evening, surely soon coming again. May we live a focused life, ultimately focused on Jesus, but also on our family, our church, and our community. That's our theme for 2024. I'll unpack that. Next week, we're going to preach a little bit about the family. And how we can focus our attention on the family. And then how we can focus our attention on the church. And then how we can focus our attention on our community. Amen? Amen? And trust that God will give us a great, great year. Do you have a theme for your life? Do you have a theme for 2024? If you do, if you don't, maybe you'd like to adopt this one. I want to get closer. A lot of churches have come up with this theme for 2024. You ready? Here's the word, more. More in 24. More. And that doesn't mean more pain, more suffering, more aggravation, more debt, more problems. Hello? No. More of Jesus. Huh? More joy. More peace. More opportunities to represent Him. More. Huh? But it all begins by you and I getting closer to Him. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.